Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We're going to talk about um, a really fabulous outcome. I was telling you earlier about my civility workshops, and I just had one last week that was, well, it was sort of miraculous in some ways in terms of the humanity that was revealed. And I am going to be doing these two-hour presentations on Zoom, and I'm really looking forward to letting you know when those are starting out. But I'm doing most of the classes right now in person, just so I can make sure I know what the, the possible challenges might be as we navigate through this conversation. But let me just say this, that, you know, as a chiropractor, I continue to say that stress trumps phys physical challenges. And by that, I mean to say, I can provide the best care and get somebody eating better and drinking more water, taking supplements, moving their body, stretching. But if their heart is aching and, and their um, emotional side is sad and or they're mad or angry, uh, it is harder to heal. And because I see this all day long, um, this is my passion around this course. And I've been a public speaker for 40 years since I started being a chiropractor and have taught so many different classes with a lot of different interests that I've shared over the years, a lot of them around just general health. And this most recent piece around communication protocols is just making my heart sing. So what we do in this class is we identify um, some strategies. We identify what the rules for civil engagement might look like. You know, I'm not going to share with you all the detail because it takes an hour to go through these things and for everybody to explore them on their own. But for instance, you don't roll your eyes, you don't cross your arms, you don't hold your breath, you know, you don't look mad. Those obvious things. You don't stomp out of the room. You don't get to stomp out of the room. And then through um, differences, different um, credentialing that I've secured over the years through immunity to change and nonviolent communication and intrinsic coaching. These are all strategies to talk to people. Um, we, we talk about the authentic listening piece and really probably the most important component is how do you fully authentically listen to someone? And let me just say, uh, one of the things that you learn in the course is this ability to hold that person in front of you as a totally capable human being, no matter what comes out of their mouth. And the instant you hear something from them that you just, I don't believe that, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that, you let it go. 
and you don't try to fix it, to change it, to strategize about how to educate them so they're a little smarter, to get them to come over to your side of the fence, forget about it. This is about discovering their thought process, discovering their belief systems, discovering the anatomy of their belief system. And as a listener, we're also training people how to do authentic um, interviewing. And that's just um, an interesting art form as well, to ask questions not to be right or to be heard, but to be able to hear. To ask questions, not to make them feel bad or stupid, but to really be curious about the why of what they're saying, how an event made them feel, how this person who said whatever they said to them impacted them so greatly that from that point on, they believed in this la-di-da. So the process we talk about, and then, and then we actually do one-on-ones. We actually take time and break up into groups. And one person starts, the storyteller. And the next person is the uh, listener slash interviewer. And we give, we give each person five minutes. And they've already predetermined what belief system they want to really get across. And this is not about picking the same topic. No, not at all. So one person might choose to talk about their reason they don't like capital punishment. And after the process and the other, the listeners really identified and was able to feedback properly what that person was saying, the role switches. And that next person, person B, might talk about why they're pro-choice. So it's not about um, this versus that, or my, my belief system is better, if you will. It's really just about understanding someone's belief system. And, you know, let's, let's face it. How many times in your life have you been able to say, can I, t- can I say something about this? And then to be able to speak long enough to get everything out you possibly want to say about the topic and having no one interrupt you, no one be rude with you, no one roll their eyes, no one... Um, sending energy that's uh, making you feel bad because it's clear they don't agree, right? I mean, that is a very unusual circumstance. Maybe maybe if you go to a counselor, that happens, but then the counselor is going to give you advice. So that's not what this is. This is about being able to hear yourself, being able to hear what you say, to be accepted and cared for and respected during the process. And what I'm finding is, uh, first of all, it doesn't take as long as you might think, Second of all, it's um, pretty miraculous when we are really respecting and loving humanity. So let me give you an example of one of the one-on-ones and it was remarkable. So what happens is two, men, two women get together and everybody's split up into their little, little one-on-one groups and no one's listening to anybody else because you're just paying attention to the person in front of you. And um, these two women, we're talking and the first woman said, I'd like to, I'd kind of like to talk about the concept of abortion, um, which I was proud of them, you know, let's jump right into stuff that irritates people, because I want, I want the topics to be somewhat um, divisive, if you will, <laughs> not that I want upset, but I, want, I don't want to talk about, you know, your favorite color being red, because uh, who cares, right, nobody's going to be upset with you if that's your favorite color, or try to talk you out of it. In any event, this woman went on to say that she, um, in her life, her early life was pro-choice and how as she has aged and moved on in life, she had become 
pro-life. And so she declared that to begin with and then went on to explain the interesting story around the why of that. And I'm going to take the time to explain that part of the, the story to you. And, um, and then I'll just briefly talk about what the other gal said in response. But so the, this one woman said, you know, when I was younger, I was raised Catholic and um, it was assumed I'd be involved in Christianity. And when I graduated from college and I became, you know, in my profession, I, I went to some Christian churches still and I actually um, became very engaged in, in teaching Bible study and that type of thing. But what happened to me during that time frame, she said, was I was exposed to the movie The Exorcist, which really negatively impacted her. And having been raised Catholic, exorcisms were sort of scary. And the movie was just so ter terrifying to her that she just decided that evil really wasn't the thing. It just was an attitude. And people who are evil just needed more love. And so she had kind of lived most of her life thinking that evil was not a real thing. Um, it wasn't a real dark force that could nip you in the bud or something you had to work, be cautious of. It was just these, these evil people just needed more direction and love, which, you know, might or might not be true. But um, so then she started exploring all kinds of different scientific ideologies from Buddhism to Rosicrucians to, um, you know, just a number of different methods of knowing God. And then during COVID, she mentioned that she was really just nonplussed, I mean, frustrated to beat the band around the weirdness of what was going on. And she couldn't understand the process and why people didn't seem to be telling the truth. And she came to a conclusion that maybe, you know, maybe, maybe there is, uh, there are people who are dedicated to the dark force that are dedicated, not just to greed and power, but dedicated and influenced by negative evil influences. So as a result of that, she really started to kind of get back into her Christian roots and um, started to get involved with reading the Bible and getting closer to Christ again and feeling okay that she wasn't going to be hurt, if you will, from evil influences because that was her fear when she had watched The Exorcist those so many years before. And um, so it's how she was really in a really nice spiritual uh, place. And with that, um, she was starting to shift up about her, her ideology around abortion. So now an important part of the story is this, when, when she had left Christian, Christianity and had then gotten pregnant in her late 20s, she was, you know, dabbling in the, metaphys in the metaphysical world and talking to some people who allegedly helped women miscarry by releasing that little being and having them an agreement to have them come back. And she was exposed to some interesting stories, one in particular where a four-year-old said to her mom one day, mom, I'm so glad dad let me come this time. And the mother was horrified because she really had never told anyone that she had been pregnant five years before because her husband was very concerned about finances. So they actually had aborted a baby. Well, this little girl says to the mom, mom, I'm gonna, I'm so glad dad let me come back. So that was kind of the thing for her that's that thought, well, that's the relationship I'm gonna have with this little being inside of me. And I'm, I'm gonna feel okay about 
aborting because one day it will come back. Well, for this woman, that never happened and she never did get pregnant. And um, now, you know, fast forward during these, these many years later and during the COVID process, she was, she was um, kind, of, kind of in a place where she started to feel tremendous regret about that action kind of given her new sense of spirituality and still not knowing for sure when a baby becomes a being inside the uterus, there was a shift inside of her where the miracle of life was um, such that she really started thinking twice about abortion as really maybe killing, killing a child. Whereas before when she was delving into the metaphysical and the, and the energetic only, it was um, kind of a belief system where she didn't really think about it that way. She just thought it was energy and energy would transform and move along and there was no sadness or badness or anger or injury. And so that was her story about now she's moved from pro-choice to pro-life. And the pro-life piece was interesting in that um, she calls it pro-conscious choice, meaning that, you know, if someone's been raped by their father or they were raped by a horrible human being, her, you know, that, that's, that's something everybody has to deal with and you still get to choose your own, your own steps as a woman, but hopefully you make a conscious choice and hopefully you recognize that abortion is not birth control and abortion will leave you potentially with bad outcomes and or sadness down the road or in, maybe an inability to have children, et cetera, et cetera. So it was uh, an interesting story. And her listener, the woman in front of her, was just doing this beautiful job of drawing her out and was very invested in her story. And um, you, you had no idea what she thought or didn't think. Then that was her role, just to accept. So. At the end, when the storyteller was done, this woman was done telling her about her shift, um, they closed it up and she, the listener was able to feed back to her what she had said. And it was very clear that she got it. You know, she got the big picture. And you could tell the woman who told the story was a little emotional, but felt quite good to have been recognized, heard and uh, supported. And so when it came turn to shift sides, right? The woman uh, on her, uh, across from her says to her, well, here's what's interesting. I am, um, when I sat down with you, I chose already what I wanted to talk about. And it was exactly the opposite, how I originally was um, pro-life and I've become pro-choice. And I won't belabor the, her story around that, but it was just this beautiful description of what had happened to her and some young women that she had to mentor and what she saw and what she experienced. And ultimately the thing that was powerful was that she said her father was a pastor and was a very God-fearing man and loved the Lord. As, and she was actually representing a church at this, particular, at this particular venue. And in actual fact, um, she had said to this young woman who was struggling about whether she should keep the baby or not, because it was a very tumultuous uh, beginning and uh, the potential father was um, a very challenging uh, individual. And she said to this young girl, you know, my dad was a pastor and he said to her, to her you find anywhere in the Bible where God says one sin is worse than the other. 
it doesn't exist. Sins are all wrong. And this is a hard thing for people to do, but you will be forgiven, but you've got to learn from this and not, not have it repeated. So that was the conversation she had with this young woman. And she realized that in that moment, she had shifted from being pro, pro-life without thinking about any consequences to being pro-choice. But, and then the, the woman who was listening then, who was the first storyteller, really did a beautiful job feeding back to her what she had said, and they both got it. And at the end, what I was most touched by is that they both had tears in their eyes and they hugged. And I thought, this is so fabulous, this humanity, the ability to have a process where you're so respected that you can breathe air between the different components of your belief and just make it open up and and reveal the wholeness of the story. And when you're done, you feel acknowledged. You might even have an opportunity to think differently about what you're currently thinking. Who knows? That's not the point of it. But sometimes that happens. And yet just the respect for each other and the fact that they didn't agree, but they were totally fine with not agreeing, that they had respected each other. So those are the kinds of things that are happening in the workshop. And I've decided I'm writing a second book to put those stories down. They're just too precious to miss. And I, um, I'll i keep sharing some of those with you over time. But the, the point there is that if you really take the time to know a person and, and create a guideline where you say, these are the rules by which I would love to communicate with you, or would you be willing to hear me out completely? And then I will, and you be curious about my situation, and then I will hear you out completely, and you'll be, you know, and and vice versa, I'll be curious about your situation, and, and then um, no matter what we, we say, we can still respect each other, we can still have compassion for each other, because then we can work forward, but moreover, physiologically, we're both going to be healthier human beings, you're going to be holding less angst, your sympathetic nervous system is not going to be ramped up, you won't be saying things like, God, they're such idiots. You know, what do you think that does to your heart when you're proclaiming that humanity, 50% of humanity is just stupid? Not good. So um, this is my happy place right now. I love going to work and taking care of my patients. And I look so forward to my, my um, lectures, my workshops, if you will. And I'd like to be doing one every week. But right now, my next one is um, February 22nd, and it's already full. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> anyway, okay, I'll keep you posted because the uh, Zoom Zoom meetings, I think we'll be able to pull that off with the breakout rooms of two-on-two, I mean, one-on-one. And I think it'll still be quite effective. All right, y'all. So listen, um, love each other, listen to each other, give each other space, let people disagree with you, understand them. Seek to understand them, seek to understand their mindset and try not to change anyone's mind because they that never, never works. And it makes you unhappy and it makes your um, chiropractor's job harder, <laughs> your massage therapist's job harder, as well as uh, your physical therapist. So thank you guys very much for your time and um, love telling that story for you. Bye. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. 
If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.